Good evening. Let's all stand and together we lift up our voices as we sing grace greater than our sin and amazing grace. My chains are gone. Marvelous grace of our loving Precious 
continue in singing this evening. We're going to sing uh, two songs. Um, these are some older songs, Verily, Verily, I Say Unto You, and then the unclouded day, so as we lift up our voices, let's sing together, Oh, what a Savior that He died for me. Oh, what a Savior that He died for me. From condemnation He hath made me free. He that believeth on the Son saith He.
grace we have been saved, and by grace we shall proclaim to the corners of the earth that Christ has come. Let the nations be glad, let the people rejoice, for salvation belongs to our
All right, in the midst of this uh, March blizzard out here, huh? We're, I'm glad that you ventured out. I, I see that a number of our Sunday night Vermonters were blizzarded in, right? And so uh, tonight what we're going to do is we're going to go to Acts chapter 28, verses 16 through 31. Acts 28, 16 through 31. Title of our message this evening is Using Wisely What God Provides. Using Wisely What God Provides. And in all of our lives, the Lord provides different things. I don't have the, the lapel mic up here, guys, so we'll just use the pulpit mic. Um, the, Lord, the Lord provides in unique and interesting ways in all of our lives. And um, here we're going to see that the Apostle Paul is provided for in a unique and different way. In fact, you might look at it and think to yourself, well, boy, I don't know that I would want to be in those circumstances. And, and we wouldn't want to be in the circumstances we're going to find him in in a minute. But we would rather be the, in the circumstances he's in than what he could be in. And that's what brings us to God's provision. Because oftentimes in our lives, we may look at our circumstances and you think to yourself, wow, this is really bad, but it could be so much worse, couldn't it? Because God has intervened and he's provided in a special way. And we're going to see that exactly tonight take place with the Apostle Paul. So if you'll turn with me to Acts chapter 28, and I'm going to read to you verses 16 down through 31. And when we came to Rome, the centurion delivered the prisoners to the captain of the guard. But Paul was suffered to dwell by himself with a soldier that kept him. And it came to pass that after three days, Paul called upon the chief of the Jews together. And when they were to come together, he said unto them, Men and brethren, though I have committed nothing against the people or customs of our fathers, Yet was I delivered prisoner from Jerusalem into the hands of the Romans, who, when they had examined me, would have let me go, because there was no cause of death in me. But when the Jews spake against it, I was constrained to appeal unto Caesar, not that I had aught to accuse my nation of. For this cause, therefore, have I called for you, to see you and to speak with you, because that for the hope of Israel... I am bound with this chain. And they said unto him, We neither received letters out of Judea concerning thee, neither any of the brethren that came showed or spake any harm of thee. But we desire to hear of thee what thou thinkest, for as concerning this sect, we know that everywhere it is spoken against. And when they had appointed him a day, there came many to him into his lodging to whom he expounded and testified the kingdom of God, persuading them concerning Jesus, both out of the law of Moses and out of the prophets from morning till evening. And some believed the things which were spoken, and some believed not. And when they agreed not among themselves, they departed. After that, Paul had spoken one word. Well, spake the Holy Ghost by Isaiah the prophet unto our fathers, saying, Go unto this people, and say, Hearing ye shall hear, and shall not understand, and seeing ye shall see, and not perceive. For the heart of this people is waxed gross, 
and their ears are dull of hearing. Their eyes have they closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and should be converted and I should heal them. But be it known therefore unto you that the salvation of God is sent unto the Gentiles and that they will hear it. And when he had said these words, the Jews departed and had great reasoning among themselves. And Paul dwelt two whole years in his own hired house and received all that came in unto him, preaching the kingdom of God and teaching those things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence, no man forbidding him. So as we look at this text, what we find is the last chapter of the book of Acts. We find the Apostle Paul imprisoned. He's in Rome. And when we look at it, you might wonder, well, why would we talk about using wisely God's provision when Paul is really in prison? Because Paul is not really in the worst of the worst. God has stepped in and intervened. He has made available to Paul better than what could be. The prison that was in Rome, there was one prison. The main prison is called the Mamertine Prison in Rome. And still today, you can go to the Mamertine Prison. However, the Catholic Church has taken it over and turned it into a shrine. So it's nothing like the prison when Paul was walking upon the face of the earth. But I did, John did find for me a little sketch. Let's pop up here. This is what the Mamertine Prison would have looked like. And where's the pointer, John? We tried to find the pointer this morning. I don't know what happened to the... All of the remotes are kept up here. So here it is. Okay. We tried to find it this morning with the, the picture that was on here for the Sunday school. So it's that top, top <laughs> So this is the Mamertine prison. It was built long before uh, the Apostle Paul was on the scene. Uh, some speak of this possibly having been built originally as a cistern. But as you notice, there's only one way in and one way out, and that's it right there. This is, this room here is the bottom of the prison. The Mamertine prison is where they would put people who either were getting ready to go before Caesar for a capital crime, or they were waiting for execution. Execution in the Mamertine prison could be anything from starvation, where you were convicted, tried, and sentenced to starvation in this hole right here. This was not a one-person hole. This is where they put everybody that was going to die or come before Caesar with the possibility of dying. They would lower them through this little hole on a rope. No matter who went in this hole or came out, all were lowered through this little hole in the upper floor. So those who were executed, those who starved to death or were beaten to death in the Mamertine prison were hauled out that hole. All food came through that hole and all refuse came out of that hole. This was a filthy, dark horrible place to be, but this is where Paul would have gone except God intervenes for him. 
It is believed that Peter sent, spent some time in the Mamertine prison, and that is why the Catholics took it over and turned it into today. They've built stairs down into here, and there's a little altar uh, down in there. But this place right here, for sure, was not a good place to be. It's about six and a half feet tall, 30 by 22, um, and was not well cared for. It was for the worst uh, circumstances somebody could find themselves in. But when you were sent to Rome, and you were to stand before Caesar, and Paul had been charged by the Hebrews, and charged and convicted to be executed. The only reason he was not executed was because he was a citizen of Rome. He was born a, a citizen of Rome, and he had the right to appeal to Caesar. So when they sent him to Rome, this is where he would normally have gone, except God intervened. So I want you to look with me at the first part of chapter 28, down at verse 16, and listen again to what it says. And when we came to Rome, the Apostle Paul and his entourage, the centurion, and that's, that's a, a man over a hundred soldiers, delivered the prisoners to the captain of the guard. But Paul was allowed or suffered to dwell by himself with a soldier that kept him. So for whatever reason, the centurion, when he turned him over to the captain of the guard, the captain of the guard allowed Paul to rent and buy his own house to live in. That was very unusual, although um, these prisons were not for sentenced people. They were all warehouses waiting for either execution or trial. The Roman Empire did not incarcerate people like the Western world does today. You were sentenced, charged, either executed, or you went somewhere to serve your time, not in a prison. You would go and work your time off. Um, so these places were very temporary holding places, either for you to die or to be come, come up for trial. So in this case, we find the Lord intervened. He allows him to have his own house and he has to pay for the care of his guard and he is allowed to have guests to his home. So we find that he's allowed to have a hired house. Look down at verse 30, you see it as well. It says, for Paul dwelt two whole years in his own hired house and received all that came unto him. That that brings us to the place where we look and we say, we should use wisely what God provides for us. You might think to yourself, well, the Apostle Paul, here he is, he's, he's a prisoner, he's under guard. In fact, he references that he himself is chained. Yet at the same, at the same time, God has provided for him a very unique opportunity. He's allowed to hire his own house. He's allowed to have anybody he wants to come and see him. Look again with me at verses 17, 18, 19, and 20. Here you find Paul reach out to the chief of the Jews in Rome. It says that it came to pass after three days, 
Paul called the chief of the Jews together, and when they were come together, he said unto them, Men and brethren, though I've committed nothing against the people or customs of our fathers, yet was I delivered prisoner from Jerusalem into the hands of the Romans. So the apostle Paul, when he when he gets settled, and he does it very quickly, doesn't it? Just three days. And he reaches out to the head of the Jews. And that's because the only reason he is there is because the Jews want him to be executed. So he's hoping that he can appeal to the Jews for them to understand this is without, this is without charge. This is without any justification that you're wanting to execute me. He comes down into verse 18. It says, who when they had examined me, Paul says, when they examined me, they would have let me go. The Romans would have let me go, but there was no cause of death in me. But when the Jews spake unto it, I was constrained. I was forced to appeal unto Caesar. Not that I had ought to accuse my nation of. He tells them, you know, I was forced to appeal to Caesar. That's what put me here and almost ended up in the Mamertine prison, but I've got my own house where you can come and meet with me because I'll guarantee you, if you'll put that back up on here, I'll guarantee you the chief of the Jews was not going to be lowered down into that hole to visit with the Apostle Paul. Do you think? No. The only way that Paul was able to reach people was that God provided for him a unique opportunity to rent his own house as a prisoner of Rome. So he tells these the, the head of the Jews. But when the Jews spake against it, I was constrained to appeal unto Caesar, not that I have aught against or accusation against our nation. For this cause, therefore, I called for you, to see you, to speak with you, because that for the hope of Israel, I am bound with this chain. What we find the Apostle Paul do is he takes advantage of God's provision in his life. He could have gone, rented this house, chained to a guard, and he could have just sat over on some wooden bench and just cried, oh, woe is me, oh, woe is me, day and night. Couldn't he have done that? He could have just gotten depressed, discouraged. He could have just sat back and said, I am surely going to die and done nothing. But that's not what he does at all. He is given this little opportunity. He's still a prisoner. And it's even costing him his own money. But he's going to use this as an opportunity to reach out to others. You certainly know that his provision is better in his own home than where he would have ended up in the Mamertine prison. Look with me at Matthew chapter 6, if you would, for just a minute. Because I want you to understand how much better off he is. Look with me at Matthew chapter 6, verse 30, 31. It says, Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. And so the Gospels teach us God provides for us. God knows our needs, and he knew the Apostle Paul's needs, and he provided for him in a unique way, but it was up to Paul to use that provision for the glory of God. So we see him bring the 
head of the Jews. We see him bring that entourage of Jews before him. He explains to him his, his situation. Listen to the response in verse 21. And they said unto him, we have neither received letters out of Judea concerning thee, neither any of the brethren that came showed or spake any harm of thee. So the apostle Paul is in a, he's in a tough spot. He's appealed to Caesar because if he didn't, the Jews would have gone ahead and had him killed. But then when he gets to Rome, his accusers have not come to make accusation. So he's a little bit in a bind here. But he's going to use it as an opportunity. We find that when we read down through here, look again with me at verse 30. It says, And Paul dwelt two whole years in his own hired house and received all that came to him. And many came. People came to hear exactly what it is that the Apostle Paul had to say concerning Christ, concerning this sect, as the head of the Jews calls it. They come to hear. In fact, as you come down just a little bit longer, uh, verse, look at verse 23. And when they had appointed him a day, there came many to him into his lodging to whom he expounded and testified the kingdom of God, persuading them concerning Jesus, both out of the law of Moses and out of the prophets from morning until evening. You and I in our lives, we learn something from this with the apostle. He himself, chained a prisoner, uses this opportunity, uses God's unique provision to reach as many as he could around him. In your life, wherever it is that God has put you at this time in your life, the Lord has opened unique doors for you. He has given provision for you to have the opportunity to share your faith with many people. Your place where you live, where you work, your family, is different than mine or the other people who are sitting around you, just as Paul's opportunity was unique and different. God had provided, even though I'm sure for many, it looked desperate. Here's the apostle, he's in prison. He's appealed to Caesar because he has a death sentence. There would be many who would think there was no hope. Yet here we find him for two years, sharing his faith, talking to people about hope in Christ. And on top of that, we understand that God has simply given him life and breath. If the Jews had had their way, they would have executed him two years before. But instead, God has given him a lengthening of days to plead his personal case with the Jews, the head of the Jews, to share his personal faith with many people as is referenced in the text. And when you come down to verse 23 and on down, we begin to learn about how he goes about this, how he uses this unique opportunity that God has given him. So look with me again at verse 23. And when they had appointed him a day, there came many to him into his lodging, to whom he expounded and testified the kingdom of God, persuading them concerning Jesus both out of the law of Moses and out of the prophets 
from morning till evening. This one little verse carries in it so much description. It's showing us how he is a good steward of language. It shows how he's a good steward of thought and intellect, a good steward of time and energy, a good steward of skill and talent. All that is in that verse 23 as the apostle uses the provision God has given him. Look with me again at verse 23. It tells us that he persuaded them. And that word persuasion is a word that helps us to understand that he used that skill of language, didn't he? He didn't just toss it out there. He persuaded them. He discussed it, maybe debated it. He was a good steward of language. As we go on a little bit farther there, we see that he uses the law and the prophets. We find him use his intellect and the intellect of others who came. He quoted out of and read for them. If he had his scrolls with him, he read and quoted the prophets, the teachings of the word of God. He was going to use what he had where he was. Oftentimes, if we're not careful, we don't use all that God has provided. Paul does. When you come down, it tells us in verse 23, the last part, it says, He did that from when? Morning till evening. He used his time, didn't he? He was somebody that was going to be a good steward of all the time that he had. He knew that it was limited time. But all of us have limited time. None of us really know how limited our time is, do we? As we look in this text, we are reminded that no matter what it is that's going on in our lives, God is providing. And if we're not careful, we think we have so little when in reality God has given us so much. For Paul, he was given the opportunity to live in his own home while, of course, he was a prisoner. But he was given all the skills of, of language, of intellect. He was given time, two more years. And we see that he uses the ability to preach and teach. His gifts were used even while he was a prisoner. It's up to each of us to go ahead and look in our lives and to say to ourselves, well, what is it that God has given me? How has he provided for me that I might serve him well? Maybe serve him well as a, as a mom raising boys and girls or as somebody working in an office or in the schools or out in the community. Whatever it is that God has given you or where he has placed you, you can be a wise steward of what God has given you. And we need to do it with confidence. When you think of a prisoner, you really don't think of a confident person. Certainly, you would think of somebody who was maybe discouraged, beaten down, downtrodden. But when you come to verse 31, listen to what it says about the apostle. He was preaching the kingdom of God and teaching those things which are concerning the Lord Jesus Christ with all what? Confidence. Look at that. He was doing this with confidence. No man forbidding him, it says. So we learn that the apostle went ahead and looked at all that God had provided. And he said, I am going to use my opportunity. 
I'm going to pay for my house, and I'm going to invite everybody who will come to hear, and to listen, and to be persuaded, and to talk about the things of the kingdom of God. And he built a confidence. Nobody was forbidding him. They were allowing him. God was intervening. So he just continued on. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 12 says, In whom we have boldness and access with confidence by our faith in him. You and I, we have our faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible teaches us I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. And you are the exact same. Each of us as we face life, we tap into the power of God. Whether we're a prisoner or a freeman. We do what God has enabled us to do, as he has provided. Philippians 3.3 says, For we worship God in spirit and, in re and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. In Paul's flesh, he was a prisoner. He was owned by Rome. Accused by the Hebrews. Eventually put to death. But in this window of time he has, he's going to take all that he has, not depend on the flesh, but trust in the power of God. And you and I in our lives, we have to learn to lay aside all the things of the carnal man and say to ourselves, you know what? I need to allow God to help me. Help me to be the best husband I can be, to be the best wife somebody needs to be, the best parent the best obedient child, the best employee, the best citizen. Each of us have to look and say, God provides in our lives unique things. Maybe not always what we expect or even what we hope, but we rest in him. And that's exactly what happened with Paul. He got to Rome. It's hard to know how it's gonna go. Rome is a cruel and barbaric world. The Mamertine prison was not a place where you were going to watch HBO and work out in the, in the center down the hallway. You rotted in a hole until either you died or you went before Caesar in Paul's case. But instead, God just opened a little window of opportunity for him. And he took advantage of all that God provided. And in you and our lives, we have to recognize God reaching down into our life and his touch of provision. And we have to use that to his glory and honor, just as the apostle did. That's my Bible challenge to you tonight, is let's look around in our lives. Let's look at how God steps in. Let's look at that unique provision. And then let's use it wisely. Amen? All right. I'm going to let us go early tonight because of this massive blizzard that's going on out here. That's going to be gone in the blink of an eye. Amen. You know I'm being facetious, right? The only one who looks at this as a blizzard is our girl from the deep south who looks out that and she thinks to herself, wow, we need to shut everything down. Louisiana would be shut down. All right, let's go ahead and have a word of prayer. Thank you for coming out tonight, absolutely. Father in heaven, we thank you for this opportunity to come and be in your house. 
And Lord, I pray that you would help us to humble ourselves before you and be grateful for your provision. Help us to be wise stewards of all that you give us. And we pray these things in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen.